0: Welcome to the Center Ranch Church weekly podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. All right. So we've been in a series called The Holy Ghost for the last two weeks. And man, I can't tell you how many people have, have come up to us and just said, man, this has been life transfer- transforming. Um, People saying, I've never heard anything, no teaching on the Holy Spirit ever before. How it's, just, it's opened their, their eyes uh, to, to the role of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's true. I think there's, it's not taught on very much. And uh, so, man, there's just been people last week that got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome, church? Yeah. It's receiving empowerment to be witness. And so they received uh, many people last week. Man, last week was a great service. And uh, yeah, people say, man, they're just feeling God's presence like never before. So it's been an awesome, awesome series. And I I think it's, I'm so glad we're doing this series. And really, I think it's like of utmost importance that we talk about the Holy Spirit. It it really is. Amen. And uh, really, I want to just really briefly read in in John 16, verse seven, Jesus just says something just awesome Um, is when Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm about to leave. I'm about to go. And Jesus says this, um, the disciples are concerned. Oh, Jesus, don't leave us, don't leave us. And in verse, verse uh, seven, he says, but in fact, it's, it is better for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. So have you ever thought this? Have you ever thought it would be so awesome if Jesus was still alive in the flesh with us today? Or have you ever thought, um, man, it'd be so cool to just like sit around a campfire with Jesus, like the disciples, and just hear him talk and hear him teach? Um, think, think about that. Or maybe, uh, maybe you've said, man, man, I wish I could, how cool it'd be if I could just ask Jesus a question whenever I wanted to. Um, maybe, maybe you've thought something like that before. But, but here's what's interesting, guys. So, what did, what did Jesus say in that passage? He's saying, it's, it's better for you that I leave this earth because then you're getting something better, right? The Holy Spirit living inside of us. The Holy Spirit, say this, say this with me. Say, the Holy Spirit inside me is better than if Jesus was beside me. That's powerful when you think about it. Like too many Christians have downplayed the role of the Holy Spirit and just kind of compartmentalized it to like, well, when there's a big revival meeting or when the Spirit's moving in a church service, that's when we need the Holy Spirit. No, you need the Holy Spirit every day, right? You need the Holy Spirit when you don't know what to do, when you're confused, when you're not sure the next step to take in life, when you just need, you need encouragement, you need wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. The Holy Spirit living inside us is better then if Jesus was your next door neighbor, really, that's incredible. To think about, and let's not like downplay the role of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I loved last week. Uh, one of the things that Pastor Luke talked about was just that he's our helper, right? And, and not just a, a helper to like evangelists or, or, or missionaries or ministers. No, he, he's a helper to all of us every day in all of our circumstances, right? And he, he leads us and guides us. We have 24 seven access to the spirit of God living inside of us. Isn't that awesome? Yes. You don't have to, to, to wonder about, man, I just don't know what to do. You have the spirit of truth inside you, right? And so, man, I just, I loved talking about that last week. And so today uh, I want to continue talking about just the, the everyday nature of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and specifically, I want to talk about Uh, letting the Holy Spirit guide your decisions and just guide your whole life. So we'll pray and then uh, we'll get into it. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you uh, for sending us the Holy Spirit. I thank you that we have 24-7 access to the Spirit of God inside of us. Lord, I pray that as as we look into your word this morning to learn and get clarity. Father, I pray that it doesn't just hit our minds, but it also hits our spirits, Father. Lord, I thank you that you haven't left us here as orphans to fend for ourselves. You've given us the Holy Spirit. And Father, we want to make much of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to see everything you want us to see and experience everything you want us to experience. In Jesus' name, everyone says together, amen. Well, you can turn in your Bibles to Galatians 5. We''ll just we'll be in Galatians five and in Galatians six today. so you can just turn there and we'll stay there all day. Galatians five we'll start in verse sixteen. Galatians 5: sixteen says this, "So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we'll pause there. So kind of right off the bat here, Paul's giving us like the theme verse for this whole passage, really. He's, he's giving us like the main point, like the most important thing. But now let's, let's kind of explain it and dig into it some. So walk by the Spirit, and you want to gratify the desires of the flesh. So Paul here is giving us the solution to living a sin-free life. This is huge. This, this is massive. He's saying, if you walk by the Spirit, I, I like that imagery of like walking step in step with the Holy Spirit, hand in hand, walking by the Holy Spirit. If you do that, you will not, well, you might not, or potentially if you're, no, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The NLT says it like this. NLT says it like this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The, uh, the Amplified, if you ever read that or have that, it says, it has the little parentheses. It adds the word habitually. So it says, let the Holy Spirit habitually lead and guide your life. So habitually means like making a habit of it, right? It's like a habit in your life. Let the Holy Spirit habitually guide you, walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, sin will not be an issue in your life. Isn't that awesome? Amen. praise god. if you If you walk according to the Spirit, letting him lead and guide every decision, lead and guide all your actions and all your words and all your thoughts, you will not desire or gratify the desires of your flesh. so this is this is amazing, you know? and I think too many times the church, not saying our church, but the church as a whole, makes a mistake of, well, let's, you know, you shouldn't do this, right? Like, don't stop with the whole premarital sex, stop with drinking, stop with drugs, right? They just get preoccupied and like, don't do this, don't do that, when really everything's encompassed in walk by the Spirit, right? Because if you do that, you have no desire to sin, right? If you're walking according to the Holy Spirit, letting Him lead and guide every action, that you no longer desire to live in sin, amen. So so this is huge. You know, we, we talked last week about the Holy Spirit is our helper, and I think one of the biggest areas that he helps us is in living holy. He's the Holy Spirit, he assists us in living holy. You can't live holy apart from the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. You will be frustrated. And you, will, you will, every time you'll, 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 you'll you you fail. The answer is not more willpower. The answer is not more. Man, if I feel more bad about myself and more guilt and shame, that's not the answer. The answer is walk by the spirits. Let him guide your decisions. Let him guide your actions. And when you do that, right, sins ceases to be a problem in your life. That's great, isn't it? So let's let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Verse seventeen. It says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desire. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So Paul here's describing this like internal battle, this like internal war for the, for the reigns of your life. So, right, there's... there's one, it says there's two different forces that desire opposite things. One's the spirit of God, right? And it, it wants to do one thing in your life. And then there's your, your sinful nature or your fleshly nature. And it it has opposite desires. So it's almost like these two forces pulling you back and forth. And I'm sure that everyone in this room, at some point, you felt that. You, you probably felt that like tug of war back and forth of, well, I'm my, my flesh wants to do this, but I, I feel like I should do this right. And probably almost maybe daily. Sometimes we feel that like back and forth. And so that's what Paul is describing, describing here. And I like how the, the verse ends saying this. So there's these two forces pulling in different directions. And it says, because of this, you're not free to carry out your good intentions. And I was just, you know, thinking of an example, um, I'm a a dad and I'm a husband. So I just thought of this example. Maybe you're a dad and a husband. And uh, so this maybe might make sense. But maybe you're like, you're driving home from work and you have good intentions, right? Like, man, we're going to have dinner together. It's going to be a great evening. Have fun, right? Good intentions to driving home. You get home, right? And you're like super hungry because guys are always hungry. And you come in the door, but your wife hasn't made dinner yet. Okay, it's cool. Um, It's not a big deal. Then you realize she's making that dish that you've told her at least twice you don't like, right? Like meatloaf again. I've told you two times, enough with the meatloaf, right? So maybe, <laughs> so, so now, all right, you've come in, you had good intentions, but now there's no food and she's making the food you don't like. Then all of a sudden, all right, your kids, they're over there in the corner. They're like fighting with each other and they're arguing. And then they start complaining about the meatloaf as well. Mom, really meatloaf, come on. And, and so, right, like, all of a sudden, you, you had good intentions. I'm gonna go home, great time with my family. And next thing you know, you're, you're arguing with your wife, right? You're yelling at your kids, you're arguing with your kids. Like, what happened? Had good intentions, what happened? Here's what you have to understand. There, there are, like Paul's saying in verse 17, there are two forces that are fighting for the reins of your life. They want to guide, right, your... Your flesh wants to guide you, but the spirit of God wants to guide your decisions and to guide your life. And so, like I said, I'm sure just about everyone in this room, you, you've felt that, and maybe you, you feel that like daily, right? This like tug of war, the flesh and the spirit. And But every time you sense it, every time you feel that, you have a decision to make, right? You have, you have a choice you get to make, right? Does my Does my flesh win? Or does the spirit of God win? You have that decision, right? So every time, right, when your spouse, they, they said they were gonna do something, but they forgot, or they're cooking meatloaf again, like in that instance, right, you have a decision you get to make. Who, who gets the reins? Like when your kids are arguing and fighting again, and it drives you crazy, you have a decision to make. What has the reins in my life? What, what's going to guide me? When you're when you're scrolling online and you're tempted to click on that and watch that and browse there, right? You have a decision to make. When you wake up Sunday morning, and yeah, I'm really sleepy. I just we had a late night, and I don't know about coming to church, right? In all these situations, right? One of those two, you're letting them win. You're letting them have the reins of your life. So what what do we do? How do we respond? What decision do we make? What actions do we take? We'll turn over to chapter six, Galatians six. Galatians six, we'll read, we'll start in verse seven. Galatians six, seven, it says, "'Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. "'A man reaps what he sows. "'Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. All right. So, so there, Paul, he's using this analogy of like sowing and reaping. And uh, when you, if you read, you know, commentaries or like study Bibles, um, when he's talking about sowing or planting seeds, it's he's like referring to decisions, actions, our words. That those those are the. The seeds we're planting is every decision, every word, every action. So he's using that analogy of, of sowing and reaping. And so, you know, in those moments where you're just like, all right, you know, like I was just describing earlier, I feel this, this tension back and forth. You have the opportunity, right? All your decisions and your actions, you're either sowing to the flesh or you're sowing to the spirit. And Paul says, when you sow to the flesh, you get a harvest of destruction. And when you sow to the Spirit, you get a harvest of eternal life. So it's it's you know, I feel like a lot of times people's, like the majority of, of people's problems, I'm not going to say all of their problems, don't misquote me, but but I would say many of people's problems that they have in their life are attributed to, they've been all their decisions, all their actions, they've been sowing to the flesh for like years on end, right? Every time there's that struggle, there's that battle back and forth, the, their flesh wins, their flesh drags them around. And they have this huge list of issues in their lives. And the majority of the time, that's why they, they've been sowing to their flesh over and over. So don't be surprised when you get a bad harvest, right? It shouldn't be shocking at all if you have a bad harvest. So. When you sow to the flesh, when you let your flesh drag you around, you get a bad harvest. So let's, let's quickly, let's jump back to uh, chapter 5. We'll start reading in verse 19. So up to this point, Paul's describing, there's these two forces. They're kind of tug of war back and forth. Then we read how, you know, that which a man sows, he will reap. You can either sow to your flesh or sow to the spirits, which are that's just our decisions and our actions. So let's go to um, chapter, chapter five, verse 19. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Spirit or the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. There is no law against these things. So now Paul's, he's like comparing and contrasting the fruit of our flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. He's saying, hey, here's the fruit when you let your, your flesh guide you, and here's the fruit when you let the Spirit of God guide you. If you're taking notes, just write this down. Write, fruit equals evidence. Fruit is Evidence. So if we read that passage again and we substituted it, it would read something like this. Fruit is evidence. So let's read it again, verse 19. We'll substitute evidence there. So the evidence that your sinful nature is guiding your life is simple, is clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, right? So that's, that's very clear. Like the evidence that your sinful nature is guiding you is that. But when the spirit guides your life, this is the evidence. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit is evidence, right? Fruit is the evidence of what kind of, kind of tree you're looking at too, Right? Um, if you were to, you know, you got some trees on your property and you're trying to figure out, man, what kind of tree is this? Oftentimes, it's as simple as what kind of fruit's hanging off it, right? You can look, okay, oh, there's an apple on this tree. You don't have to, like, wonder, man, I wonder what kind of tree this is. And scratch your head and look at, like, botany books on what kind of tree, right? No, you, you, you can clearly tell that's an apple tree. You don't, you don't need DNA tests and botany, you know, papers, Or on my property, I have like a million walnut trees. So when I see a walnut on a tree, I don't have to scratch my head and wonder what kind of tree is that? It's a walnut tree, right? Fruit is just evidence. So when we look at our lives, the fruit that we see in our lives is the evidence of what's guiding our lives. It's the evidence of what's controlling our lives, right? So just you can, there's those two lists, right? There's the list of, hey, here's the fruit of your flesh and here's the fruit of the spirit of God. So those are the evidences of what's controlling us. So when you go down through that list, you know, is, is there love in your life and in your family and in your marriage or is there hostility? Is, is there joy in your life and in your family and in your marriage or is there envy and strife? Is, is there peace in your marriage? peace in your home or is there quarreling would you be better described as a patient person or someone with outbursts of anger is there kind I'm just going out through the list like is there kindness or is there selfish ambition is is there self-control or is there sexual immorality impurity and lustful pleasures in your life like you can just you can see the fruit just like with a tree you don't have to wonder oh, what's going on you can tell that's what's guiding and controlling your life. If 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 your if your life is full of bad fruit, you can clearly tell, man, I'm my flesh is dragging me around. And my, my flesh is guiding my life, right? So we can claim to be spirit-filled believers, but the fruit is the evidence. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what you claim about yourself. The fruit in your life is the evidence of what's really controlling your life and what's really guiding your life. Man, if we're spirit-filled believers, if we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us, it should change everything about our lives, correct? It should change how you talk to your spouse, It should change how you interact with people at work. It should change how you handle your money. It should change how you handle your time, right? Like, there should be evidence. Man, the the Spirit of God is is guiding that family's life. Like, they should look at your marriage. Wow, they like really love each other. Wow, there's joy in that household. There's not like depression and anxiety. Wow, man they like actually have peace in their family. My family, it's just like, we're quarreling and fighting. There should be evidence that the Spirit of God is guiding your life and controlling your life, amen. I don't care, like I said, I don't care what you claim, what kind of, you know, Pentecostal you are, if there's no fruit, the Holy Spirit's not leading your life. This should change every aspect of your life and every part of your life. So let's do this. Let's turn back to chapter 6 again. Galatians 6, we'll read, we'll read verse 7 and 8 again. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh, Will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So maybe you're you're looking, like we're just talking, these two like sets of fruits, and maybe you're not pleased, if, just to be honest, you're not pleased with the fruit you're seeing in your life. Maybe you're saying, Hey, I, I see a lot of bad fruits, or maybe you're saying, I, I don't see the fruit of the spirit in my life. I'm not sure those things would describe me and my family. So if, it's that, if that's the case for you, then as in what we just read here, that, that which a man sows he will reap. If you have fruit you don't like, you've got to change or change how you sow and what you're sowing. Right? You, you've got to change what kind of seed are you planting? Right? Because it, it's 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 like the law of the harvest. Right? It's it's not a lot of times we we um we like minimize the law of the harvest to just like financial giving. We just we talk about it a lot in that aspect, but we don't talk about it a lot in other aspects of our lives. But really, Paul here's talking about you know sowing, sowing and reaping to our flesh and to the spirit of God, right? So if you want different fruit, you've got to be very intentional about what seed you're planting. So if you're saying, hey, I wish I had different fruit, stop sowing to your flesh. Stop letting all your decisions, all your actions, all your words be guided by your flesh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm by no means a veteran in ministry, but one thing I feel like I've, I've seen a decent amount is that people will come and, and they'll have this huge list of issues going on in their life. Or maybe they have this huge list of prayer requests. And they're just saying, man, you know, the the devil's just having his way with my family. And it's just, it's just been rough. And man, he's just really having his way. And to that, you know, I say, well, wait a minute. Like the devil's defeated. So all the devil, he's he's just really let my family have it. The devil's defeated. He's under our feet. So the only power he has is power we're giving him, right? That's the only power he has. So, a lot of times, you know, oh, I got all these bad things going on. You got to, there's all these prayer requests. All these bad things are going on. You're allowing it, right? You're, you've been sowing seed. Well, he just makes me so angry. And I'm just, when well, my dad was angry and his dad, was, I'm just an angry person. Well, I'm a, I'm a guy guys just struggle with this kind of stuff. I mean, who doesn't deal with lust and pornography? You are sowing to your flesh. And the law of the harvest is, you're gonna reap a harvest of destruction. So this is not to be, I'm not trying to be a downer, but you have to You have to be very aware of the Like I said, people are like equated to the devil and he's just having his way in my family. No, you've given him power by always sowing to your flesh and letting your flesh drag you around life. And that's why you're left in this situation you're in. If you want different fruit, sow different seed. You know, the law of the harvest, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. There's just three simple kind of rules to the law of the harvest. Like I said we we typically just talk about it with finances or in giving but really it's it's in every aspect of our lives there's this this it's a law right it's not like maybe or sometimes no you will it's a law so three aspects the law of the harvest number 1 you will reap the same thing you sow right so like right, you're, you're you're sowing to the flesh you're going to reap like flesh you know the the destruction right you sow or you reap the same thing that you sow. Sowing the flesh, sowing the spirit, you're gonna reap the same thing that you sow. And then number two, you, you reap more than you sow. Right? You, you put one little kernel of corn in, in the ground and you have a stalk that grows up with a bunch of ears of corn on it, with a bunch of kernels on it, right? You you harvest more than what you planted. And then lastly, you harvest in a different season than you planted. Right? You, you maybe you you've, you've sown a seed now, but you don't see the harvest till a few months from now or, or years from now. So this is true with, with every decision. The Holy Spirit wants to guide our decisions. He wants to guide our lives. And so when we when we're sowing to the Spirit or we're sowing to the flesh, we're we're gonna get a harvest. And that's, like I said, I I described how that can be a bad thing, but it can also be a very, very good thing, right? Like you can also, you can sow to the Spirit and you get to reap a harvest of blessing, man. When, When in those, instead of like letting your flesh drag you around and let, you know, always all your decisions and actions are to please your flesh, you can also make it so that all your decisions, all your actions are to please the Spirit of God. And when you do that, there is a harvest coming. Later on in chapter six, he says, don't grow weary while doing for in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you don't grow weary and don't give up. So saying, hey, sowing to the spirit, you get a, a harvest of blessing. Have you ever seen a family that's just, you can just see the clear, evident blessing of God on their lives, right? You've seen that just like, wow, almost like standing awe at just the, the blessing on their life. It's not an accident, right? It's not like God just like, I'm gonna bless them. No, here's what you can know. If you see a family full blessing, here's what you can know. They have been sowing seed to, to please the Holy Spirit for years and years, and now they're reaping a harvest of blessing in their lives. Their kids are awesome. Their marriage is awesome. Their finances are awesome. God's not a respecter of persons. He's not just like, well, I wanna bless them, but not them. No, it's your decisions. It's what are are we living to please? Am I living to please my flesh or to please the spirit of God? So if you want more fruit of the spirit in your life, you gotta make a decision. I'm going to live to sow to the spirit. And what's, what's sowing mean? It just means all my decisions, all my actions are to please the Holy Spirit walk, walk by the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let Him guide your decisions. What is our life but a bunch of decisions, right? Just a bunch of decisions. Let the Holy Spirit guide. We've talked about it the last two weeks. Don't compartmentalize the Holy Spirit to on Sunday morning when I get goosebumps or no, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Every decision. When you're at work, when when you're at home, as you leave this building and go to lunch, right? Let the Holy Spirit walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. If you want different fruit, plant different seed. So we're just gonna do something really simple this morning. Let's go ahead and stand our feet across the place. Maybe as I've been talking, the Holy Spirit's just maybe been convicting you or you're, you're, you're feeling a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's been a certain situation that you've, you've habitually handled according to your flesh. There's been certain situations that it's almost like the Holy Spirit's convicting you and showing you, hey, you need to let the Holy Spirit guide you in this area of your life. And so we're just gonna take a minute and just learn to hear the voice of God and hear the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. So the band's just gonna play a song. And I would just encourage you just to to, to press in, forget everyone else in the room. It's you and the Holy Spirit and just allow him to come and and, and reveal those things, to come and convict about those things and just make a commitment. I'm gonna, in that area, Lord, you're you're pointing that out to me right now, how I handle this situation or this thing at work. And right now I'm making a commitment. I'm gonna gonna start sowing to the Spirit of God. I'm gonna start letting the Spirit of God handle my, my decisions and handle my actions and guide me. So it's kind of simple, but let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Learn to hear his voice. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe this is totally brand new. But wait a minute, the Holy Spirit can guide my decisions. We'll just take a minute and let him. Just take a minute. We'll just, we'll just wait on the Lord. They'll sing a worship song and just let the Holy Spirit guide you. Learn to hear his voice, to feel that inner prompting. Sometimes that's what it feels like, an inner prompting. like I, Some people describe it as like the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. I, I should do this. I, you know, I've been handling this situation like this and and you know what? It's led to a lot of bad fruit. So maybe I should handle it. The the, the spirit would tell me to handle it this way. So we're just gonna do that. So let's go ahead and let's pray. Father, I thank you for that, that inner witness of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that the, the spirit guides us and directs us in our everyday life. Father, I thank you that the spirit of God leads us into all truth that when we don't know what to do, we have 24-7 access to the spirit of the living God. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Let us learn to hear your promptings and hear your voice and, and feel that guiding hand, that still small voice. Let us learn that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.